You're listening to the B2B Growth Think Tank, the show that brings you the virtual hot seat where each week my expert guests and I help another business leader by masterminding actionable solutions to a specific challenge they're currently trying to solve in their business. So if you're looking for answers to a specific challenge that you're facing, that if you could solve in the next 90 days would have a huge impact on your growth, send it in to thinktank at thinklikeafish.co.uk and we'll see if we can feature you on the show. My name is Adam King, your host and the captain of the ship at growth consultancy Think Like a Fish. And if you're ready to rethink what's possible for your business and discover the growth strategies, advice and insight to turn this new vision into a reality, let's get started. Hey, Adam here, and thanks very much for tuning in. And as you are, I'm going to make the assumption that you are responsible for generating revenue for an established B2B professional service business, and you're looking to grow your revenue. So I've recently released my new revenue multiplier calculator and bonus training where using this tool and following the training, you'll discover how to uncover the hidden revenue opportunities in your business and be able to systemize your growth using seven revenue multipliers that can double your business in 12 months or less. So if you want to go and grab your copy, go to thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash calculator. Now on to today's episode. This is the virtual hot seat section of the interview that I did with Doug C. Brown of businesssuccessfactors.com. So if you like what you hear here and want to check out the full episode that I did with Doug, make sure you do that. It should be up on the podcast right now. So let's dive into today's virtual hot seat. Talking about systems as well and how you know systems can involve tech, it can involve all sorts of things, but it can also involve people. I think it brings us on nicely to today's virtual hot seat, which I do believe, and I think everybody listening will agree with your expertise and experience, there's going to be quite a good conversation here to uh, to help this person out. So today's virtual hot seat, and I did sort of bring this up because um, I'd had, I've been sitting on this for a while and uh, it's, it's not necessarily my wheelhouse, so I've been a bit nervous to bring it up, but Having you on, Doug, I definitely think that we are going to come up with something great here for this person. So today's virtual hot seat challenge is I'm looking at hiring our first salesperson to help us take it to the next level. But I'm a little inexperienced with what to look for, how to manage them and how to decide on a way to structure their commission. I've never, ever had sales staff before. I've never dealt with them in previous employment. In the company, we've done no direct selling before and almost all of our work up until now has come through reputation and a little bit of social media marketing. Now, our sales can be anything from 3,000 up to 100,000, and we've so much potential with the right person, so I want to find the right package and support in place for us both to succeed. Any advice? What do you think about when you hear? Yeah, what do you think about (laughs) first off? What's the first thing that comes to mind when you, you sort of hear something like that? Well, the first thing I, you know, I will come back and ask is, okay, what is the actual position that you're looking for somebody to have? What is their job? Like if we had to narrow it down to the top three things that you want to come out of this, what is it? Is it just sales? Is it profitable sales? Is it you want to sell into a certain type of market? Um, You know, there's all kinds of parameters, but you know, when you're looking for somebody, I, and I think the key uh, point in, in this person's question is, you know, I'm looking for somebody, right? So my question is, what are you looking for? Because this is where companies really drop the ball in hiring. 
you know, they'll, they'll come to me at times, Adam, and they'll say, you know, I want to hire all these top producing sales superstars, these A players. And my first question out of my mouth is, are you an A player company? Hmm. And they'll stop and they'll, they'll, they'll ponder and they'll go, well, geez, I've never thought of it this way. And I'm like, listen, it's one thing if I help you to go and find and give you the process to go find A players, the question is, will they stay at your company and not churn in 30 days because they'll get into your company and realize that it's not an A player game. And if that's the case, then you're better off with B players until you can make your company an A player. It doesn't mean you don't hire somebody. So we want to get really clear on what the, the, the end goal is within the hire, because unfortunately too many people, when they hire salespeople are in such a rush that they have, no systematic system to measure anything. So they kind of go on gut feel, you know, they go, well, I really like this person. I, I, I think they're likable. I think they, you know, they, I think they could sell and they go, here's and your offer. Know, yeah. And, and I don't know about you, but I think I heard something as well within this. And I think there's a little bit of a trepidation, obviously that they have no experience with a salesperson, et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of would need to question this person as well, because I'd be a little bit concerned for them. They're looking at this salesperson to be a bit of a panacea where they just have to hire one salesperson and then suddenly they're just going to come in because they've got sales experience and go out into the world and produce. And right. that is a dangerous way to think about it if that is the way. And I think it ties on a little bit to what you were talking about there. It's like, what do you want them to do? What is their role? Is it just sales and you're expecting them to bang the phone? Are you expecting them to go out and do demonstrations, presentations, all those sorts of things of, of your service or your product? Are you expecting them to nurture your existing client base? Because potentially, do they even need to go out and drum up new business when they can work and be more like an account management type role where you look to grow your existing clients? Because that could be where your revenue is is, is existing. There's, there's a lot to think about before you even go and say, right, this is the definite answer that I need. A little bit like we were talking about earlier. Is the problem that you are looking at the right problem? And therefore, is the solution that you're considering the right solution? So that would be my first thing, just to take a step back and consider. And, and I'm fully in agreement with that. Once you step back and do that, then the question is, can they actually achieve it? Right? Mm -hmm. Because that's the match we're looking for. What type of personality are you looking for in your company? Um, you know, there's usually two major components to a salesperson. I mean, there's, there's others, but two major ones. Do they have the ego strength to carry on and, you know, despite setbacks and do they have empathy where they care enough about the person that they're not going to burn the relationship? And you're, to your point, you know, if this person is looking at, okay, this is the panacea, I'm going to put somebody in, I'm going to let them go. They're going to, you know, this is going to increase my sales, but let's say they go out and they start burning your reputation in the industry because you haven't, you know, we haven't looked at the full picture. Then what ends up happening is they don't end up selling anyways. You end up dumping them out, but you burned off potential clients in the industry and maybe even had an industry reputation at this point. So remember that a salesperson is a direct representation of your brand, no matter if you want them to be or he or she uh, or they, they are a direct representation of your brand. 
And so taking the time to understand the person as well as the job role is the first step. When it comes to commissions, I'm a big fan of high commissions, low base. And it just depends on your company though. Depends on your sales cycle too. We have to look at, okay, so we're selling a $3,000 item. Is it a quick item? Uh, is a $20,000 sale a quick item? Or, you know, is it a, an eight month sales cycle? Because if that's the case, then you're going to want to structure your compensation so that they can actually, uh, you know, live until the time that they're actually able to sell, which goes back to the money in money out thing. If you're, if you're, mm -hmm. a, you know, a, a smaller company and you need to hire your first salesperson, what is your burn rate? What can you afford to safely, and the word is safely, <laughs> do in order to what's the longevity of the, of the time in which you go, okay, this has to be produ producing or we need to let go of this mm -hmm. um, because too many people hire people, like you said, Anna, uh, Adam, and, and they, they, they go, wow, okay, uh, this person, you know, isn't really working out, but I'll hold on to him for another three or four months to see if it works out. So if we're not in a rush, let's say it took us five months to get the right person versus three months to get the wrong person. When you do the wrong person thing, you're going to find statistically, you're going to hire three bad hires before you find the fourth right one. So why not just get it right the first time? And doing so, you one has to have a systematic process. The, the For example, the questions in the interview, they have to be the same. Can't be like, oh, I really like uh, Joe, <laughs> and but I asked Joe these five questions, and I don't really like, you know, uh, you know this person here. But I asked him five different questions that I didn't ask Joe. I mean, how do you measure that? It has to be something consistent. And I'm a big fan of using sales-specific assessments, not personality assessments, not you know. Um, you know, it's nice. They have a great personality. It's great. They're, you know, I mean, a disc program can tell you something about a person, but it doesn't tell you that they have the DNA and will to sell. Yeah. And I think also that, um, yeah, you, I guess that's a little bit of a problem inherent with hiring salespeople is you're hiring people to sell. And if they're good at selling, they'll be very good at selling themselves. So you have to have a process that kind of like sees past that side of things and a, and a process. And, and also I think that touching on something that you were talking about there is it's better to hire slow and get the right person. You know, that old adage, hire slow, fire fast, that kind of sort of thing. What that also gives you the ability to do is actually to look at all of the process. It touches on a little bit what you spoke about earlier. Look at your customer journey or your client journey. Look at all the steps in the process that lead up to when you would actually have that person interacting. Have you got a predictable sort of pathway or you have you got a set of processes or a system in place that guides somebody along and kind of pre-sells people with your marketing with your your prospecting with with whatever method that you're using and then do you have something where you can take somebody through because i'm assuming this person has done selling in the past because they have business they have revenue what has the process been like that you have actually sold in the past can you systemize that so that actually, if you're worried about the right kind of person, can you provide them with a way of doing it? I'm not saying scripts or anything like that, but a, a way of actually interacting with somebody and taking them through a buying process. Do you have that in place? And if not, maybe that is a thing to look at first. In most cases it is, right? Because mm -hmm. if we don't set the framework, 
and we bring in a, a, a champion salesperson. And I've had this happen to me. For example, I, I ended in a company. I sold uh, six major accounts. These were big account, big names company. You know, I was the, I was the the golden boy of the of the of the you know month that month, um, and they couldn't deliver on five out of the six. And, you know, so I was watching $25,000 in commission go out here, 25,000 there. And I was like, that's it, you know? So if the operation side isn't set up to handle scale, then it's most important to do that. Do we have a training program in place? If we're going to bring somebody in, is it a, now it doesn't have to be the world's best stellar training program in the world, but it has to be something that's functional that can get them going quickly because what salespeople don't like is not selling true ones. They want to sell. So all of these little facets along the way, and you in the, uh, as the higher -er, um, you want to simulate all these processes all the way through your interview, because if you, and, and through the whole job recruitment process, and, and if you don't, then you're going to miss something like you brought up, uh, you know, do you want them to present, right? Well, let's test that because if they're likable, but they can't present to save their soul, you know, then you've got a bad, a bad decision when you hired that person and it's not their fault. It's ours as the person hiring. Um, and of course, you know, I also have to tell everybody, you know, the things I'm telling you, I've made these mistakes. Right? Yeah. I mean, I've well, literally, you, you know, you've made mistakes and that's why you're able to actually talk about them because you actually have made them, you've lived through the actual consequences of them. And I think that there is also so, uh, something you sort of like touched on there as well around, do you want this person to do this or that, or, you know, present or, or, or et cetera. I had um, Aaron Ross on the catching, uh, client catching podcast previous, and, and he wrote the book, Predictable Revenue and you know, mm -hmm. all the rest of it. And he spoke about the need of the need to actually separate the prospecting from the sales. And I get something in this question that they're kind of wanting this person to do both. And is that necessarily the best idea? Do you need a salesperson or are you looking for somebody to prospect? Because they're two very different roles. And as you say, salespeople like to sell, but if you make them prospect, very, you know, it's a kind of a different, different piece. So again, depends on the type of role that you're looking for, right? So you know, let's say they are an inside sales nurturing type role. Mm. Well, you're not going to want to take a person who loves to jump into their vehicle and drive to location, to location, 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 trying to sell new business. Now, will that person inside maybe go see a client here and there? Sure. But it's a different, you know, if you have a true hunter type personality, and by the way, this is the skills are learned, but the inward desire to constantly be number one and at the top, that comes from the personal side. Now, if you want that type of, you know, drive in the company, that's great. If you don't, then you don't want that type of person. So everything that we're discussing here is so important because it's really, again, you know, I hate to keep bringing up the marriage word, but if you looked at it as a marriage, right? Do you want this person here long-term? Do they want to be here long-term? Because the cost of turnover is, you know, 100 to 200%, depending on the industry. 
um, every time you turn somebody over. And, you know, so we want to minimize turnover, but we also want to be very transparent about what we have and what we don't have. It does not mean that if you don't have everything in place that an A player won't want to come to your company. Uh, a lot of times A players, you know, I was an A player, I'm still an A player salesperson. If I went to work for a company, you know, and that company I was telling you about, they lost the orders, you know, and I was thinking of leaving, I decided to stay because I talked to the CEO and he said, we'll fix this stuff. Mm. Right. And out of 315 salespeople, I was the number one mm. you know, consistently. And, and so a type of sales people, true a type of salespeople love to solve problems, whether they're external or internal. So just let them do what they, they mm. want to do. That's, you know, how, how, you know, they, they're able to sell because they're, they're truly caring about what goes on. So if you can give them an environment that nurtures that, and then they can go out and sell I mean, you'll be happy as can be if you hired that type of person, but going back to whether they're prospector or a salesperson true, I think that a person, the best combination I think is a person who has massive prospecting skills and has reasonably good sales skills. To, to me, that's kind of the ideal, um, depending on the role, right? But if you want somebody to go out and hunt, they need to be able to go out and be able to prospect. And, you know, if they have decent closing skills, they will outsell any master closer that you have that can't prospect because they'll mm-hmm. create enough activity. Um, and I, I learned this, you know, uh, at one company, I, I actually literally had 62 incoming calls a day coming in for sales into my line to the place where I had higher assistance and I was out selling, you know, teams states in the United States teams. And they were like, what is this kid doing? Well, all I did was go out and build an agency for leverage. So I went out and I found agents out there and the agents were feeding me all this business. And then direct clients were referring because we had an active referral thing going on. Um, but that's a master prospector. That's what a master prospector does. Um, so I th- yeah, it's think it's important sets, to have both, it? but it depends on the role. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- and I think sort of, you know, to, to sort of summarize this, I think there's an awful lot to think about when it comes to actually hiring and make, especially if it's your first hire and you've got no experience and all the rest of it. So I would say sort of like from, from what we discussed, it's about sort of taking a bit of a step back and checking that this is actually the right thing right now and just maybe talking to somebody else or, or getting another perspective just to make sure that it is the right problem to solve. And this is the solution to solve that problem at this particular time. And if you go ahead with it, it's about understanding what you want this person to do, how you want them to do it. And also, I think it comes back to something that we were discussing earlier, which is what are the, you know, what is the system that you use to actually manage them? And therefore, how are you going to measure their effectiveness and how are you going to know their numbers and how are they going to know their numbers? Because they want to know they're successful. So it's understanding what are the KPIs that are going to be managed around this? You know, like you were talking about early, earlier, is it all about actual sales or is it contact? You know, first contact, second contact, third contact, like you were talking about before. Because if you're just commissioning on the end sale, you could get wrong fit clients. Again, something that you brought up earlier. So I think there's a lot to think about. And it's about sort of having that understanding of where you are now, where you want to get to and making sure that this is the right roadmap to get you there with this person. So I hope 
that has been helpful for this listener and anyone else listening that has sort of been uh, going through something similar or thinking about doing something similar because yeah, Doug's got an awesome, you know, an awful lot of uh, experience and wisdom there and I'm kind of feeding off of it. <laughs> so hey, it's well, been Thank great. you, Adam. So that's it for this episode. I hope you found it valuable. I hope you got some great ideas that you can take away and apply to your business to help you grow. If you did, please share it with somebody else that might also find this valuable because they will thank you for it. Also, to let you know that I have a podcast gift page where I put a lot of resources that I love to share with my listeners. You can find the links to join the Facebook community there and you can get my book, the Conversational Relationship Marketing and the audiobook version all for free, plus a number of other resources I'll be adding over time on that page. So make sure you head there to thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash podcast gift and you can help yourself to the things that make most sense to you. And if you have enjoyed the show, please make sure you're subscribed. You'll get updated as the new episodes come out. And finally, last favor, please consider giving the show your honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one. They mean the world for me. I love hearing from my listeners and it does help others find the show as well. So if you want to go and do that, I'd really appreciate it. But until next time, have an awesome day and we'll speak soon.